Hello, and thank you for joining me for this week's episode of U.S. Dronecast. Our guest is Danny McGee. He's an FPV pilot and cinematographer who travels the world and captures some of the most amazing footage. He'll share some insight about his latest trip to Iceland, where he got to film an active volcano. We'll talk about his creative process and doing fly-through at resorts and Airbnbs and how he tells stories. He'll also talk about the challenges of running his own business and being an online content creator. Danny is recognized around the world for his talent as a pilot and a cinematographer. He actually won two back-to-back Best FPV Award at AZ Drone Fest. Talking about AZ Drone Fest, we're currently receiving entries for our film festival. And with all the different categories, there's definitely some spots for you to showcase your talent and be recognized on the international stage. So head on over to azdronefest.com for all the information. Now, here's our guest, Danny McGee. Welcome to U.S. Dronecast, a podcast dedicated to drones, aerial cinematography, safety, commercial, and recreation. So get ready for engaging discussions, insightful interviews, and expert insights from top-notch professionals in the drone industry. Subscribe now and follow us on social. Hey, Danny, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate you always are willing to take the time off of your busy schedule to join us. And it's a it's a big deal. So thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. I'm stoked to chat. Kind of give me a little background into how you guys started into um, not just drones, but like photography and, and, and what you do for a living. How did that get started for you? Yeah, so I actually, um, I didn't get into photography until... And like the, about the time where I graduated high school, I started to kind of just just had this like urge to go out and see the world and take photos. Um, I didn't really think of it as a career or anything, um, but I knew it was just something that I thought would be fun. I went to Iceland um, and that was like my first international trip ever. I just went solo and went hitchhiking and backpacking and um, just had an amazing time. And basically that was the trip that I was like, okay, that's what I want to do for a living. I want to film. I want to travel. Um, I want to have my own schedule. And since then I've just been, um, constantly working on like reaching out in the beginning. It was a lot of reaching out to new clients, um, just watching YouTube videos, getting better at what I'm doing. And so initially I was just into like photography and then it kind of morphed into videography. And then I figured out, um, about drones and I was like, all right, this is what I really like. This is so much fun. And then kind of as it evolved, FPV drones about four or five years ago started coming onto the onto the scene. And so I started flying FPV drones. And that was when I like that was like totally like, all right, this is my thing. Like, I love this so much. Um, so, yeah, I really transitioned a lot of my business over to flying FPV. A lot of my business comes from doing FPV fly throughs of hotels, resorts, stuff like that. Um, I also have a YouTube channel where I do reviews for different drones, cameras, stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I kind of, yeah, kind of just, um, all things, photography, videography, um, drone related are, I'm super into and I'm lucky enough to uh, do it for a living. I think what's interesting is like, it's, it's, it would be pretty easy to look at what you do and your Instagram and all those and be like, man, he's got like the great life. Like this is unbelievable. And it is unbelievable, but but I think you posted a, pic, a, a video not too long ago where we kind of got to see a little bit of, um, it, it's actually work, like, and, and it takes a lot of people sometimes, right? Like you, or a lot of drones sometimes, right? Like, I remember this yeah. shot where you're like, you had this table with like, oh, I don't know if we have enough drone. And it was just filled with a bunch of drones. <laughs> and so 
you know, on, on Instagram, we see you, we see your girlfriend and we think that's it, but there is a whole system behind it to make that happen. Talk to me about, again, looking at it as a, a way of making a living to continue this lifestyle and, and, and it, that maybe it doesn't translate for, for the audience on Instagram sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. And that's something that is kind of one of the more difficult parts about, um, like, putting your life out there on social media and stuff. It's like, you really only share, you only, most people, um, even if you occasionally share like the hardships and like the hard, um, the hard moments, like most people just see, like they scroll through your Instagram or YouTube or whatever. And they see this, like, you know, picture perfect life where you're traveling, you're shooting, you're doing all these fun things. Um, but honestly, like 95% of the time is just sitting at a computer editing, um, just working on projects, doing a bunch of um, just organ organization work, um, scripting videos. Like there's just this, there, there's a ton and tons and tons of work that goes into it. Um, and it it's also at least how I do it. It's cause I have, I have my own production company that I run and have inbound clients and everything and running your own business is just like, it's no joke. Like it's, it's intense. Um, it's, it's not something that you can just like, um, like quit or anything like, like all day, basically all day today, which is Saturday, which most people aren't working. I'm going to be sitting in front of my computer, catching up on editing. Um, yeah. Doing phone calls, stuff like that. So, um, and, and that's just like impossible to show on Instagram. Um, and, it, and realistically, I probably work like between 60 and 80 hours a week in total. And I'm, I can't complain about it because it's stuff that, that I really do enjoy doing. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's, it's hard and it's work. And yeah, of course, like most people see, you know, the highlights of everything, but, um, it's not always like that. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a little bit of a battle to, to stay motivated, especially when you have to be, you know, you have to just constantly be kind of like steering the ship. Um, but yeah, it's fun stuff. And I'm super grateful that I get to do it. Like the fact that I even have the flexibility to fly to Iceland for five days randomly just to like see a volcano. That's like the coolest thing in the world. Um, but yeah, being able to do that doesn't come without hard work for sure. Yeah, no doubt. No, that's great. I, I mean, I think it's good advice. It's good for people to know because it's, it's so easy for people to think, oh, I can just buy this drone and then, you know, I'm going to post those cool pictures and all of a sudden, like, you know, that's what life is going to be. And it just isn't that. Um, yeah. but let's go back to Iceland because I mean, obviously you posted some really cool shots of, of that. Yeah. So, um, this had to be like a month ago or something. Um, one of my friends called me and he's another FPV pilot and he FaceTimed me and he was basically like, dude, there's tons of earthquakes happening in Iceland right now. I think there's going to be another eruption. Like if another eruption goes off, like I'm going to go, you should join. Um, and it was super last minute, um, had just got done with a bunch of other trips and stuff and was kind of ready for some downtime but um he had actually shot the the there's been there's basically been three eruptions the last three years and he had shot the um the first two and his clips were just so sick and so um i kind of me and my girlfriend talked about it a little bit and we were like we should probably do this um so yeah we sent it out there we were there for about five five and a half days um we basically just went out there just to shoot the volcano. Um, we ended up visiting it twice. One time we hiked up kind of like the wrong side. It's like, it's a pretty brutal hike to get to the, the actual eruption. Um, it's like a, almost a 13 mile round trip hike. 
And one time we actually went up the wrong way. So we were like too far away from the volcano to get any really good shots. But the second time that we visited, we like actually like through a friend of a friend, we ended up figuring out a way to drive up there with um with my friends uh with a yeah friend of my friend and so we drove like right up to where the crater was and basically from like 8 30 p.m until 6 a.m or something we just spent the whole night just like staring at this thing flying a bunch of fpv batteries um and yeah it was it was a crazy experience because the i mean where we were was probably like 300 two or 300 yards from this like massive bubbling crater of lava and so yeah we were able to fly the fev drones and um yeah it was just a really cool like life experience to see something like that but talk to me about that crash i mean it, it was or not that crash i guess but i guess your drone got hit by some lava and it just makes for like the coolest piece yeah yeah so a little bit of backstory for anyone who hasn't had it um i got this shot where i was kind of like coming up this uh, lava river i suppose you call it um and i come around like the crater of the volcano and loop around and like right as i'm going a little bit down towards the volcano this like huge bubbling thing of lava like sprayed up hit the drone and it's like so i basically got sprayed by lava and the drone started flipping and so the, i ended up posting like a follow-up video where it was, it was like basically my reaction flying and then like what happened afterwards but the drone started flipping and i thought for sure it was it was like in the crater so i had pretty much given up um, but at the last second it kind of like caught itself and i like saw the horizon and i was like no freaking way this drone's still flying and so i just flew back as fast as i could towards um where we were flying from and you can hear it on the video um that my girlfriend was taking the propeller is just like it just like like it just sounds like it shouldn't be flying at all uh, but yeah i ended up getting the drone back um and getting the shot and everything but i mean we saw like just in the group we were we were standing around with a group of probably like 10 or so people um we saw three people lose mavic threes and then another guy that we were talking uh to had lost an fpv drone so um yeah that the the volcano like is no joke and even for drones that um even for drones that have a lot of safety mechanisms like the Mavic 3 like just from hovering above the volcano it'll overheat the um the internals and the drone will just like crash into the lava um so i was i was very very glad to get that one back yeah that's cool and and would you have lost the shots or do you also record on the controller do you have a way to record uh locally or yeah, so I have a I have an SD card like in the goggles that records like a pretty low resolution. Yeah. It, it would be in like 720p or something. So it would and it wouldn't be in slow mo. So I would have had the shot if it did crash, um, but it wouldn't be that like you know perfect like yeah. slow motion 4K shot. So I'm yeah I'm really happy I I made it back. So let's talk more on the creative side of that shot or any other shots that you that you tackle. How do you see movement with your camera? How do you use the tools that you have to create? Like, how does that process go? Like, you get on site. Like, for for example, with this particular shot, like you see the lava river, and, and automatically you go like, "Oh yeah, I know what I'm going to do." Or how do you go about creating the movement you want? Yeah, so it's a it's a little bit different depending on the location that I'm at. Um, like a lot of my a lot of my work is fly throughs of like buildings and stuff. Um, so for something like that, for example, like my goal is to kind of just tell a story. So if I was flying through 
well, like a couple of weeks ago, I was in um, North Carolina and I was flying through these like tree houses. This like treehouse village. It's super cool. They have like a little hobbit home and like a Harry Potter castle. Um, and basically what I kind of do is like for those, it's kind of tr- tell a story. So like for those shots, it's like, you know, I'll fly in the driveway past the sign that says, you know, the name of the Airbnb, go through the door, kind of like as if you were a person experiencing it, you'd be walking in, looking through the living room, and then you'd kind of go through the rest of the house and stuff. Um, But it kind of translates also for like something like a volcano, because like what kind of my goal with the lava river, at least like the cool thing about FPV is it's super high speed and you can show so many different things in one shot instead of um, kind of doing like a montage, like most you'd mostly do with drones. And um, so the goal with the lava river is to kind of like just build the suspense, like kind of go over the river. Like, where does this lava come from? Where does lava come from? Like shoot up. Oh, there's where it's coming from. Um, And then, yeah, just kind of, kind of like, um tell the story of a place as best you can it's it's it really is different every single location though um from shooting like a waterfall i'll just kind of show up like look around for a little while find um like some cool gaps or like a i don't know cool little valley that i could fly through to then reveal the waterfall so it's different every time um but it kind of follows the same like premise yeah and i saw the the habit house that you did um but even that like there's some thoughts too like at the end, you know, you, you go back out of the house, but then you you do a full spin around to kind of just do another full reveal of the place. You did the same thing. Uh, I think it was an A-frame house, right, where you yeah. fly through the A-frame and then you come back around and and I think on that one you went to the lake or whatever. But you you know, there's there's definitely some some really um, thoughts put into it. Um, and, and with, especially with your fly through, like the A-frame is a good example where you actually placed people in different areas, right? Like there was somebody by the mm-hmm. campfire, there's somebody sitting by the pond at the lake, there's somebody walking through the house. So talk to me about the logistic of getting all that stuff done, uh, to, to create that story. Yeah. So, so with those fly throughs, I mean, those are like some of my favorite shots. They're so much fun when you finally get it. Um, just cause there is so many moving parts. Um, but yeah, basically like for the A-frame shot, um, for that, I just wanted to kind of show the different like things that people could be doing in that house. Um, so I think we had, I think initially I had someone like walking down the stairs, like as I flew up into the A-frame, kind of through the A-frame down. And then I put my friend in the hot tub. Um, so you can kind of, you know, as a, as a viewer, you just want to be able to like envision yourself at the place, wherever it is. Um, and like similar to even like, like a waterfall shot if you're coming down a canyon and revealing the waterfall like that's how you kind of feel when you're actually there um so yeah for the a-frame shot then i had more people like kind of around a fire and then went down a pathway out to the lake um so generally the more people you have for those shots the better um like i think probably the biggest scale one that i did was at this hotel called Turtle Bay out in Hawaii. We did this it's this massive hotel and we basically had like probably like 20 employees helping us out with a shot um and it was like a full fly through of the lobby and we basically had like all these employees like blocking people off at different entrances because there's like tons of different entrances to this place um and then everyone who was actually already in the lobby we just told them like whatever you do don't look at the drone you are now just like part of the shot and you're an actor so i flew through like the people at the the front desk were kind of in there and then I flew over this cafe and there was like a bunch of people working and it worked out well because like everyone, uh, you know, it almost looked like they were like paid actors like in the shot. Um, and then it kind of goes around 
goes to the pool and then I had my friends, um, my friend's kids like sliding down the pool, down the slide. So I had them queued at different times, went around there and then kind of went finally out and revealed the whole, uh, the whole area. So yeah. And like the, the, it's a lot of work and a lot of coordination, but when you finally get a shot like that, where everyone did everything right, it's like, it's super, super fun, rewarding. Yeah. I've been on a couple of one shots, um, sets and, and it's tricky. How did you cue the kids? Like, I know for us, it was like, Hey, when you see the drone coming around this place or passing this tree, then it's your cue. But what, what do you use to kind of cue people? Um, Usually it is like where the drone is because it's hard as a as a pilot to say like go go you kind of just forget what's going on so usually yeah it's like you know you'll have someone like if it was a if it was like an adult or something at the top of the slide you'd be like okay just like kind of look and see the drone once it hits this spot then go uh, but I think for them I had to yell go just because it was like a little bit confusing so I was just like hiding like next to a bush like kind of close to the slides where the drone wouldn't see me but I was still in in uh ear earshot that's the glamour of of this of the job is you hiding somewhere like I think yeah uh, was it the hobbit the hobbit house where you're like hiding in the broom closet or like in the little closet yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's just like open this random door and it was like where the furnace was and stuff but that was the <laughs> best spot to hide because I didn't have anywhere else to go um so I was just flying FPV from in there <laughs> That's great. Can you, uh, let's talk gear a little bit. I mean, I, I think for me, I, I'm, I'm more into the creative aspect of what you do, uh, but I think the gear is important too, just because you're using a variety of different tools. So talk to me about some of your favorites for uh, drones that you use for those shots. Yeah. So I have a bunch of different sizes of FPV drones. I have really little ones for stuff where I'm going through um, buildings and stuff. And I actually use the DJI Avada with the GoPro mounted on top quite a bit. Um, I find that it's it's a little bit bigger and heavier than the other smaller drones that I have, but I find in the wind it performs a little better just because it is heavier. So I use that a lot for fly throughs. Um, I also have a, it's kind of nerdy, but I can like name the names of the drones I have. I have a Defender 25 um, with like a stripped down naked GoPro that um, allows it to be like under 250 grams. Um, and so then I can fly over like crowds of people and stuff with that setup. Um, and then I have a couple five inch drones for a lot of the drones that I fly are from iFlight, um, which is kind of like one of the biggest, like, um, ready to fly FPV drone manufacturers. Um, I have a Chimera, Nazgul, and then I recently just got a, um, like naked black magic drone where it's basically like a, a seven inch FPV drone. But um, I had someone just completely take apart a uh, Blackmagic 4K, make it super light and like portable and like just so it'll be like the perfect camera for FPV. And I have kind of just started testing that out and stuff and shooting in RAW, which is quickly filling up all my uh, all my SSDs. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like a general overview of most of the ones that I use. Yeah, but you, I mean, you bring a, a, an interesting point. Like um, a lot of times, like the especially in FPV, you don't necessarily use off the shelf or, or you buy something off the shelf and you completely strip it. So there is a level of expertise in 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 knowing what to do with that. Or like you're saying, maybe send it to a buddy who, who knows what to do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, people, tons of people make custom quads. I have a couple of custom quads. Um, they just, for me, it just takes a really long time to build. And it's um, it just doesn't make sense for how much I'm traveling, how much I'm moving. Luckily, I don't, I don't crash or I don't, I crash drones a lot. I don't completely lose drones that often. So usually I can, I can like get them back and send them to someone to get fixed and stuff. 
Yeah, I know we've talked in the past and uh, about what it takes to get to the level that you're at as far as like the flying skills, like the, the, the learning how to fly. And it's all about crashing as many drones as possible, really, before <laughs> yeah. you can get comfortable. Uh, but yeah, talk to people about kind of, you know, the steps that you took to get to to where you're at as far as your skill set. Yeah. So back when I started, it was pretty, um, it was pretty gnarly. Honestly, there was like it, all the drones were on analog, which is basically like the DJI drones. They have like, um, digital systems. So what you're seeing is an HD image of like what the drone is seeing. But before that it was completely analog and it was basically just like this really like, like an old, like, like looking through a TV from the seventies or something. Thing. you had no idea where you're flying it was you're just kind of flying around hoping you didn't hit little branches and stuff um but nowadays like the steps to get into it are, are pretty simple um especially the past few years dji has come out with like ready to fly systems like my number like if someone um with like a decent budget is wanting to get into fpv today like my number one recommendation is just to get the dji avada which is basically uh yeah, it's basically just kind of like a smaller drone with prop guards. So you can crash it as many times as you want. Um, they have a they have a simulator. So basically you just like, you know, you'll use the controller that you actually use for the drone, but it's on a video game. So you can crash the drone as many times as you want. There's a couple other simulators that I think are a lot better than DJI's. Um, but you basically just like spend 25 to 30 hours in the simulator. And then by then you're usually kind of used to the controls and stuff. And then you can go out and fly. You can, um, yeah, if you have the Avada, you can fly the Avada um, and just kind of fly around like a park or something where you're not going to like run into anyone or kill anyone. Um, and then kind of from there, it's just practice, like getting in the air, seeing how it actually flies. Um, and then you then you get into like upgrading drones, getting faster drones, getting ones that um, perform better, bigger drones because they can carry bigger cameras. And um, yeah, there's... There's a, a lot has changed and it's 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 definitely for the better. Like it's it's way easier to learn uh, FPV now. <laughs> yeah, no doubt it, for sure. It, it makes guys like old guys like me want to try to try it and get into it. And the Avada is that step for sure. Yeah, did. Yeah. Um. So which one did you use in in Iceland when you flew over the volcano? Um. So I used a couple. I used a couple of those iFlight um quads, and then I also used a just like a custom drone that I bought from a friend that he had. Um. He's got a drone builder that he uses, and that guy just built it. Um. But yeah, the, most of the ones for the volcano were five inch drones, which are basically like best for um like high speed, really technical type flying. Um. If you get much bigger then it gets you know more long range and you can't handle as well if you get much smaller then it's not fast enough um so it kind of just stuck around that like five inch range and still with a gopro on top or do you put something different on there yeah yeah still with the gopro except for the um black magic and i flew that a little bit around the volcano i was really careful because it's like a i think it's like a four thousand dollar drone with the camera and the the quad and everything so i was pretty careful with that um but yeah i mean gopro's GoPros are amazing. Like I still can't believe like every single GoPro gets better and better. Um, and the footage you can get out of it is, is, is really amazing. So yeah, I still, still rock GoPros a ton. What, um, what's, what's next for you? What gets you excited about some of the projects you've got coming up? Um, yes. I mean, a, a, lot of my a lot of my energy is focused on my, um, my YouTube channel. So I have a couple of videos coming up there that I'm really excited to get into. Um, one is the, the Iceland video. Like I just kind of made like a, not a vlog, but just a film about going out there, um, and shooting and everything. So 
I'm excited to start working on that. Um, I have a couple other like, you know, jobs coming up. I'm going up to Alaska and shooting a bunch of FPV for a cruise ship company. Um, that's kind of going down like through the Bering Sea, the Lucian Islands, and then down, um, down south. So I'm excited for that. And then we'll see like in the, the next like year or two, I'd really love to go to places like Pakistan, um, just places that are kind of off the beaten path um, and just out there. That those are those are the kind of places that that really interest me from like an FPV level as well as just like um, just like a personal level, just wanting to see places that not that many people get to see um, in their lifetime. So yeah, Pakistan. Yeah. I really want to go to Greenland. Um, it's not very far from Iceland, but it's way more expensive. So that's one that I got to kind of. Um, save up for but um yeah just uh yeah always got little ideas for trips and stuff um but yeah my main focus um right now is just kind of the youtube channel and making as many like useful videos as i can and so when you like let's talk about the the cruise ship for example like when you have a client like that 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 approaches you um are they pretty um they, they trust you and, and say you know what do what you do or or are they are they pretty strict or, or do they have their own idea and how do you balance that as far as maybe they don't even understand kind of like your skill set and what you can bring to the table yeah i would say it's for some people it's it's uh it's very much like you know if you're shooting music videos commercials stuff like that you'll show up and the producer director will be like all right this is what we want we want this to go around here we want this to go around here um but most of my clients are pretty like they I kind of show up and they're just like I mean you're good at this so like what do you say what do you think like do what you want to do um there's there's definitely certain times like the cruise ship job where I'll uh I'll definitely you know have some direction like they want a shot of you know this waterfall going down to the ship or something like that um but a lot of times it's just uh just kind of getting creative with things and especially for my YouTube channel too um that's what's kind of cool about that is I can, um, with different sponsors that have joined in, um, kind of just supporting the channel, I can kind of film whatever videos I want and just, um, you know, have, a, have someone sponsor it. So most of the time it's that, um, I kind of, I wouldn't mind doing like music videos and stuff. Uh, but I haven't really like, I haven't really actively pursued it just because I kind of enjoy doing this stuff more where, um, I'm kind of able to have flexibility and just kind of, um, have more freedom, I guess. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, and and that's a big decision, right? On like how much creative freedom you're going to keep versus maybe trying to work on on something new where maybe you don't have a lot of say. Um, but so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if you've had to make some of those decisions or if it's just like, you know what, I'm staying with what I do because I love the travel. I love that type of clientele. Um, but I know for me in my personal uh, business, it, it it's definitely is a bummer when I, I have a client that's not using my full potential on the creative side and just tells me exactly what he wants or what she wants. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely tricky. Um, cause you want to be like, I don't know, as an, as someone who's creative, like you want to have control over it and you like, you like, if you're the one typically like if you're flying the drone, like usually you have good ideas cause like they hired you for a reason cause they like your shots. Um, but sometimes people are just like, no, we want it this way and it needs to be exactly like this. And so whenever that situation pops up, I'm like, all right, whatever. You're, <laughs> you're the client, me? right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately we have, we all have those jobs too. Like we all need to pay the bills, but, but, uh, yeah, that is a bummer. Yeah. Um, 
And and so when you go on a on a trip like that to Alaska, I'm guessing, okay, so you have your clients, you have to do your cruise ship, but I'm guessing you're also like, okay, now it's the time to load up on a bunch of shots that I can use for other things. Are your clients pretty open to you using that material for your own personal gain as well? Or or do you just do two complete different shoots for that? Um, most of the time people are, and even if they aren't, um, I try to do as much as I can to like work it into the contract, even if it's getting paid slightly less, like if I can use the footage, um, it's way better for me because I can use it for so many different things. So I try to always make sure that I can use the footage later, but sometimes it's just not possible. And like, um, yeah, for, for some of the, the clients that I do like fly through work for, they, they, they say I can like share it on social media, but not till like months and months later, um, which is kind of frustrating. So because I'll get shots that I'm really excited about and then I won't be able to share for a while. Um, but usually it's yeah, it's just a conversation with like the client and be like, hey, can I at least share this on social media? Um, and yeah, sometimes you do have to just be like, all right, like there's no way I can get this into the contract. So I just I can't use this footage on my own, um, which is really frustrating. But sometimes it happens and it's all good because, you know, at the end of the day, you're getting paid and it's a job. Um, but yeah, I, I always try to work it in because there's so many different things you can use it for. Um, like if if the client doesn't care at all, like you can use it for stock footage. Um, I can use it for my YouTube channel. Um, there's just a ton of different things you can use it for. So Awesome. Hey, um, just quickly, uh, AZ Drone Fest is coming up and I know you've entered quite a few times. You've won most of them. I think last year was the first time you didn't win uh, yeah, the did. category. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm hoping you're going to enter again this year. We'd love to see your work in the festival, but but uh, this is the the downside of you doing good work is it it, it, it motivates people and inspires people. And, and we saw a huge increase in the level of, of FPV quality coming into the festival. Um, and so thank you for that, first of all. And, and we hope we can see you uh, and see your work this year in the festival as well. Yeah, I definitely will be entering. I uh, Like I said, the past couple months have been so crazy to travel, but I definitely will be entering. And um, yeah, even though like it was kind of like a bummer that I didn't win last year, it is awesome to see like there's just so many more people flying FPV. And it's uh, it's I think maybe some people would be like, like, dang like no i'm not the only one but i love it i think it's awesome um i love seeing more people doing it because it is so much fun so um well, yeah i definitely will have a have a film this year all right awesome anything else you want to share about what you're up to um where people can get more info about what you do or insights about how they can get going into the fpv world yeah so um my main channels are instagram where my handle is just at mcgee um and then youtube and you can just search danny mcgee um and i'll show up on there that's probably the main place that I'm active. Um, Instagram every once in a while. Uh, but yeah, YouTube is where most of my work goes. Um, do a bunch of like drone reviews, cinematic videos about drones, um, kind of anything drone related. Um, so yeah, that's that's where you can find me. Um, yeah, I have a I do have a bunch of resources on my channel about getting into FPV for people who are, who are interested. Um, so you can find those videos um, just kind of spaced throughout um and yeah thanks so much for having me on it's always uh it's always nice to talk yeah no it's always great and i know we've talked in the past of you actually being present at the festival we hope we can make that happen one day uh but thanks a lot man i really appreciate it and uh we'll look forward to seeing your video online okay cool thanks chris all right talk to you soon thank you for listening to us drone cast 
For more information about upcoming episodes and to learn more about our upcoming Drone Film Festival, subscribe now and follow us on social or visit us online at usdronecast.com.